What's up, everyone? Welcome into the Flex Fantasy Network. I'm Dylan here with my co-host Cameron and Ian. How's it going, boys? What's up, man? Uh, we're at the what the quarter the quarterway mark to the season here. Basically, yeah, I mean they make it 17 games, so it's kind of like there's no exact quarter mark yeah, anymore. Close enough. But pretty much, yeah, we're so done we're with. Starting to get four. a decent sample size. That's what's important. That That's is the thing, perfect. right? Yeah, like I think that I think that like what we can talk about today is like pretty good. You know, you can say like 25 percent of the way through the things that we're talking about now, we can expect to sort of carry on more or less. There are some exceptions. I think we know. Yeah, we have more to take away basically than after just week one where you overreact to everything. You're not you're not getting a full story, a full picture in week one or even in week two. But now we've got three, four weeks for a lot of these rookies. We're getting a pretty good idea of who they are already and not just rookies but all the stories around the league um so we're just gonna go through matchup by matchup recap not just the games that happened but really where we're feeling you know uh, where we are are with certain players moving forward rest of the season which guys were fading which guys were raising on and uh we'll get in you know do a little bit of a preview going forward in the season so make sure to like and subscribe if you guys are checking out our content we appreciate that but let's get right into it. Starting with last week's Thursday matchup, you got Dolphins, Bengals, and Ian's Dolphins. Their undefeated Dolphins had their first L on the season, unfortunately. Tua, they, Tua goes down with a concussion. He was clearly not right when that game started. Like he was already concussed, I think, and they just gave they it just kind of exacerbated the concussion when he got tackled there. Man, this thing with Tua has been has been talked about so much that I actually thought it was last week. <laughs> like it's, It seems it like it was like two weeks ago at this point. It was basically because it was last Thursday, so there's been a lot of time. I mean, it's, I mean, I mean like, like it seems like, like it seems like double the amount of time. Like it's just been like absolutely talked to death. And it's crazy. Like, yeah, like this is the first that we're going to get to hear Ian's thoughts about that. Um, I mean, so the thing is, like, it's pretty frustrating as a fan. The they've already fired that doctor. Like that doctor don't have a job right away. anymore. Like yeah, the NFL yeah, PA. Right. Yeah, the NFL PA came out and off with his head. But you know, as a fan, <laughs> it's pretty frustrating because you know the team never really gets any recognition or credit. They don't really get talked about very much in a positive <laughs> sense. It's just always these negative things swirling around. They're just kind of snakes like that. Um, uh, you know, so obviously, I, I'm, it's a pretty it's a pretty sensitive subject. Uh. I'm inclined to think that the coaching staff and the trainers and Tua himself wouldn't lie, um, you know, unless they like had a gun to their head. And I don't think they did, you know, and Tua came out and said he felt fine. He converted on a third and 22 throw against the Ravens after coming back that like, if you were like savagely concussed, it would be very hard to make that throw like several equilibrium. Yeah, yeah, but like the one in particular on a third and twenty-two, where he just like hit Waddle forty-five yards down oh, the field. Oh, yeah. You try making that throw while you're like thoroughly concussed, like you know your whole equilibrium is thrown off. So he was he started out hot on Thursday night too. Was four, and he was yeah, and he was and he was dealing yeah exactly. So like I've, I've I've you know seen a lot of different content or whatever. Everybody kind of is, has their own opinion, but it seems like it would have been hard for him to do what he was doing concussed, but. At the end yeah. of the day, he held the ball for way too long, ended up taking a really ugly looking sack, and this is where we end up. Well, for fantasy, they get the Jets next week, and Teddy Bridgewater's going to start. Tua probably only misses one week with concussion, but you never know. It could be two weeks. Um, but fantasy-wise, this team has been 
basically a revelation. Like Tyreek Hill is wide receiver three right now. Waddle is wide receiver five. Tyreek's got a 31% target share on the team. So it's been great. Uh, you know, the running back situation is kind of the thing to talk about because uh, basically it's been ugly as hell. And another week gone by and Mostert is still dominating the opportunity there over Chase Edmonds. So it's completely, you know, not what people thought coming into Edmonds had a really ugly dropped touchdown on the yeah. first drive for the Dolphins. Right. Um, and I, and you could almost, you could almost hear the sound of him getting benched through the television. <laughs> yeah. And it's just been a thing where like week after week after week, you've been able to see Mostert slowly take over. And then this mm-hmm. last week, like maybe it was a drop touchdown, uh, like they had something uh, to do with it, but this was like, this was the clearest uh, you should split between the two of them all year long. You know, Dude, 17 snaps I, to five for uh, Mostert, 15 to five attempts in favor of Mostert, 26 to six in terms of routes run. So, like, at the very least with Edmonds, you think, like, okay, he's going to be the pass-catching guy. And but no. he was barely out there. Mm-hmm. Like, Mostert's the pass-catching guy. So that's the thing, man. Like, is Mostert, like, a great buy in region right now? Or even Dynasty for certain I pick him up off the waivers. In a absolutely. absolutely. I've I was been about holding to say. Yeah, I picked him up. I picked him up and I think that yeah. if I mean in like in like a certain percentage of redraft leagues, he's just still gonna yeah, be out there. He might be available. I've been holding him, but he's been leaving the backfield for three straight weeks. Like Cameron said, he absolutely ran away with it this week. And he's actually looked pretty good. And even getting targets, which is not something he has really done much in the past of. He hasn't been a, a receiving back. So it's pretty he crazy. He still looks up. fast out there. Oh, he he looks good. He looks way better than Edmonds when he touches the ball. But most importantly, he hasn't really done anything. So some people who oh, are still only cheap. looking at box yeah. scores might not realize the uh, the the utilization that the offense has with him. Um, he's a kind of player that you could like make a trade for another player and then have him just as a throw-in, basically. And the owner oh. might not think two things about it. So I absolutely love getting right. Mostert as a throw-in on a deal right now because they have a very soft schedule for the next, you know, three or four weeks. And obviously, yep. if he stays healthy, you know, that's always up in the air when you're talking about a guy like him. But if he stays healthy, he could be like a top, you know, 15 running back for the next month. Uh, yeah, possibly. And, and my God, what a good DFS start he's going to be this week without Bridgewater up against the Jets. They're always a good matchup to target. And I think he's got some upside that, people might not realize right now just because we haven't seen it yet this year but if he's getting 15 plus opportunities you know he's a big play guy eventually he's going to hit some of those right Uh, right. yeah going on to uh the Bengals, jamar chase has been a little bit disappointing is t higgins out producing him and you know i i know cameron's gonna be happy to hear that because long been saying you know when t higgins is out on the field with jamar chase it's more of a, a you know, a one, not even a one, a one B situation. It's more closer to a 50, 50 split in terms of target share, but T Higgins actually yeah. slightly out targets him. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's just funny at this point because, because it's a thing that you can do like literally every week where like, at, at like the beginning of the year, there were like a million like hot takes, like, you know, like all the uh, snaps that T Higgins and uh, like Jamar Chase have been on the field together. Here's the splits and T Higgins is like slightly better than him. And then those guys that were saying that have been like continuing to post that week after week after week. So like you could just do that every single week. And like, it just like continues to be true. Uh, Not to say that, you know, obviously T Higgins is like a better player than Chase. Uh, At some point we do have to, I think, have that, have that conversation. I mean, if it, if it, if it, if like we're at like the halfway point of the season, say like four more, five more weeks on and Higgins has still like, it's been a year and a half of 
them both being on the field all the time and Higgins just like outproducing them. So it's close, by the um, way. I think like to have that conversation. Week one, Chase had the 16 targets because T. Higgins went out early. The last three weeks, Higgins has one more target than Chase on the year. So it's pretty close, but like that's definitely a point to be made that these two are much closer than people might think. Yeah. And I mean, and like the edge that you can get off of this, I think, is gone at this point. Like the real edge was like you know, as late as like last year when people thought that Higgins was just going to be like evaporated because, because Chase, like now I think everybody realizes both of these guys are just top 12, top 12 wide receivers. Yeah. He's already, his price already skyrocketed after last year for sure. Um, You know, everything, you know, all the boxes being checked for Cincinnati Mixon's getting a big workload again, doesn't look so great on the field, but he's getting a ton of yeah. touches and a lot of targets, which is what you like to see with him. So yeah, and this was like probably my biggest point of emphasis last week was to go out and buy Joe Mixon. And again, like go out and buy Joe Mixon because he didn't he didn't really go out there and blow up. But like I talked about it all last week in terms of the weighted opportunities. He's first in weighted opportunities in the NFL, first in the NFL in red zone touches, first in expected points per game. The dude, so like the difference in Joe Mixon's expected points per game and his actual points per game is a whole Tony Pollard. <laughs> like he he has he has like a nine point spread there, and Tony Pollard has nine has nine point one actual points per game. Uh, career high in target share. He has one hundred and six opportunities with one touchdown. That's a that's a less than one percent touchdown rate. That's just not going to continue, dude. It's but, um he's running for two point seven yards per carry. He's been yeah, like, he's, he's like the efficiency is bad. It doesn't he's leading matter. the league and runs smashed into the back of his offensive line. I know that I so. I was oh, yeah. looking at some statistics. Uh, he's run a uh, hundred runs straight into the back yeah. of his offensive line. Right. I, I mean, I do think that he's lost his step just like looking at him play, but like with this yeah. kind of volume, it literally just doesn't matter. And I mean, we're pretty bad at forecasting like efficiency year over year and even like week over week. So in the weeks where he does have even decent uh, like efficiency, which, which are going to come, uh, he's those weeks, he's just going to blow up. Like he's just like, he's going to have like 35 plus point weeks. Yeah. Let's move on to the, the London game. Yeah. The saints have Vikings. Justin Jefferson got right. This was a weird game. Alvin Kamara ended up being a scratch like early Sunday morning. We found out. So brutal. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people, over, a lot of people then, woke up. And I like the first thing they saw in the morning was did not did not make them happy. <laughs> a big old a big old zero in there. I set the alarm early because I have Camara in multiple spots, honestly. And what time did you have to wake up and check it? Like five thirty. <laughs> oh my god, man! That's, That's dedication. I woke up at like eight. I woke up at like eight forty-five, and I uh, and uh, even still, I forgot to move him into one. It was like a nine thirty <laughs> tip off for me. Yeah, and you guys are on the East Coast, so you have it easy, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Alave is is playing great again. He's been a complete breakout. Uh, it's, the biggest thing to say here is about Dalvin Cook because it was another disappointing week for him. And again, the usage was back to what you want to see, just kind of inefficient himself. And the targets are not coming back to him, which is, you know, it went down last year and there's something we were hoping would go back up. Uh, but I know Cameron wrote down here, what is the lowest targets per route run of his career so far? Yeah, it's been going down steadily, and this is and this is uh, like the lowest that he's ever seen. And then you have Kevin O'Connell in town. Obviously, he was with the Rams last year. 
and the Rams have uh, their 31st in the NFL uh, in his uh, tenure there at throwing to running backs. So he doesn't have a history of wanting to throw it to the running back position, and he continues to carry that out uh, uh, with Dalvin Cook. So it's something to pay attention to um, if he's <laughs> if he's if he's uh, yeah. Somebody must be at the door. I don't know. <laughs> so so if he has uh, so if he continues to not get the targets that like we're accustomed to with him, um, obviously that lowers his uh, ceiling. Uh, my my main takeaway from watching this game from the Vikings was actually this is the first time in Cook's career. I know that we all think Madison is really great, and he is, especially as far as on backup running back standards. But this was the first time where I think I, Madison looked clearly better. Oh, oh my right. God. Not only that, but he's been playing like 40% of the snaps too. He's out there far more often than he has been. I don't know if it's only yeah. about the shoulder injury. But that's definitely true. And I do think Madison's a good player, actually. It's starting to feel like a Zeke Pollard situation a, a little, little bit. bit. I, th- I think it's a little bit of them, you know, thinking about longevity for Cook, maybe easing him, easing his overall snap uh, totals just to kind of mm-hmm. get him to last a little longer. They still have him under contract for a few more years. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go on to the Jets Steeler game. A lot of things happened in this one. Brees Hall's taken over. He had the highest snap percentage and, uh, uh, target not target share the highest opportunity share of the season so far 23 opportunities 17 carries seeing an insane amount of targets for the running back position I think he's totally on track to be a, a later season breakout and it could be happening I think sooner than later I mean like it's already happening like yeah. like like this is the important thing to know about 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 Brees for like dynasty and for redraft because that I mean he's super highly valued in dynasty, but I think still undervalued. For me, he's the RB two in dynasty. But like if you look at like the average for a top twelve running back, like like what it takes to break into literally like the twelfth running back over I think I, think I looked since two thousand fifteen, it's like fifteen and a half points per game, and he has fifteen point two last week. He has fifteen point eight. Our, our uh, 15.2 in week three, 15.8 uh, last week. So he's already putting up top 12, like, uh, like RB1 scores already. Uh, and that and that started week three. So the guy's already an RB1, and he's a rookie, super young, super explosive, already getting targeted. He's getting targeted down the field too. Like I looked at in terms of his like A dot, it's uh, the highest through four weeks of any running back since 2015. So like these aren't just dump offs. These are like he's running like Texas routes. He's running actual routes out of the backfield. He's swinging out and running and running slants and stuff. So like, I mean, and he is like he's uh, like the passing down back as well. Like Carter is not like the passing down back. So uh, it's going to be an explosion for this dude. That's what's interesting that he's actually the passing down back, and now he's getting more of the early work too. So he definitely seems to be pulling ahead of Carter. Yeah. As long as that trajectory continues, eventually it's going to be a clear workhorse situation there, I think. Yeah, there's just a massive, like, like I remember, uh, like, DeAndre Swift in his, uh, like, rookie year, he was he was kind of, like, bubbling and bubbling under the surface for, like, the first five or six games. And, like, you didn't, maybe Dropping owners were starting. Touchdowns. Yeah, like, there were, like, some problems with him. But, like, all of, like, the underlying stuff was there. He was getting targeted a ton. And I tried to buy him literally the week before he had like a 35 point game. And the guy that owned him was like, okay, let me see what he does this one last week. And then we'll talk. And he had like a 35 point game. He was like, okay, well, I'm never going to get him again. Right. And like, mm-hmm. that's, what's going to happen with Bree soon. Yeah, no, for sure. And even in redraft, I think he's a buy. 
Um, just sticking with the Jets for a second here, the offense kind of took a step back with Zach Wilson coming back in terms of fantasy production, I guess, you know, down game for Garrett Wilson. But, man, Garrett Wilson leads the NFL in route success rate versus man single coverage at yeah. 4%, which is insane. Like, this dude is the real yeah, deal. He's nasty. Yeah, yeah, he's going sure. to be fantastic. If you can, st- I, w- I would still be trying to buy him in Dynasty if you can swing it where, you know, his price has not gone too, too high just yet coming off a down game. Um, yeah. I think he's going to be a top 10. He's going to be a top 10 wide receiver in Dynasty very soon. I think he's going to get the macros in, Ian. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. He actually has, uh, he only has six less um, targets than Devontae Adams. Yeah, I I mean, that's insane for a rookie to come in right away and start doing that. Uh, 10 less, 10 less. 47 to Adams and uh, and Wilson has the most out of, he leads all the rookies with 37 targets through four weeks. Yeah, that's big time stuff. On the other side though, you got the Steelers. We finally saw with Kenny Pickett taking over, and it kind of did wonders for the team. He threw three incompletions in this game, and they were all interceptions, which is kind of <laughs> funny. But they, you know, they were kind of like fluky interceptions. Actually, one was on a hail mary. But the dude, the offense looked better under Kenny Pickett, like clearly. Yeah, it was definitely it a spark. couldn't get worse. <laughs> like it actually could not get worse. And George Pickens, man, he got the breakout game. Let's hear. Ian? Yeah, uh, Jay, I'm giving this, it over. This is your guy. No, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't know if I didn't know. Take your we, victory uh, dance. I mean, no, no, no. It's too soon for a victory dance, but it's really nice to see. Uh, uh, eight <laughs> targets. Next what, week so for the dance. 31% target share. Well, no, so so we were talking about it a little bit. It feels like it's pretty clear what happened. He just jumped Claypool. Like he's completely overtaking yeah. Claypool in the priority in the priority. Claypool's still going to be out there running routes because they run a lot of three wide sets and like they play different different uh, positions in the offense. But like, yeah. yeah, I think in terms of like who the quarterback's eyes are going to be on, and we saw a twenty-two percent target share for Pickens uh, last week, thirty-one percent target share for uh, Pickens this week. Um, just I, yeah, I mean, like I do agree. I think that I think that he's taking a step forward. Claypool's. And, done. and it's worth noting that six of his eight targets were in the second half when Pickett was at quarterback, yeah. um, which yeah. obviously bodes quite well for him going forward con- since Pickett's already been named the starter, uh, that basically Pickett comes in and in one half of football, you know, gives him, you know, the, his highest half of, of targets that he's had uh, sizably. So. Obviously, uh, it's great to see. He was like the number one uh, waiver wire pickup on a lot of people's uh, shows this week. So uh, if he's still out there, he's obviously a fantastic ad. I would be definitely be tempering expectations. They play the Bills this week. That's not a team that I'm really that I'm really uh, interested to see what uh, Pickett does in this game. Um, but yeah. definitely, they got a brutal really, schedule coming up. Brutal. That's the thing. Buffalo, yeah. Tampa, yeah. Miami, Philly, New Orleans, like some great defenses there. Literally, yeah. I think like that's like that's like four games with like four of the top like six or seven teams in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> Just back to back to back to back. It's brutal. Yeah, some of the top defenses in the league too, and offenses, but and and then you know, before we move on, you know, I, I feel like we talk about this every week. Deontay Johnson, once again, like you said, um you have some stats here about him, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. This is just this is just more praise. Like I don't, I don't have to continue to praise Deontay Johnson, but yeah, yeah, yeah he's he's, no he's really good. Probably 
probably a buy um, for what I would say, like definitely a buy coming off of a down game for uh, redraft. You, you can probably still get them cheap. I think that there might be uh, something in the mind of uh, some of his owners that maybe Pickens has jumped both of the receivers there, but that has that has not happened. Like you need to see like no, I, I don't need to see like an entire year of it happen <laughs> before I would believe yet. it. Yeah, I would uh, need to see at least like half a season of that. Yeah. And uh, let's go to the Falcons, Browns. Dude, uh, Falcons kind of crashed back down to earth in terms of the passing game, at least. Drake London, a bad game. Another down game for Pitts. And uh, people are panicking, man. This is now three of four weeks where he's crashed your lineups. This is a guy you took in the third round. Looking like a total bust in redraft, but I'm, still, like, I'm still maintaining that He's a buy right now, especially in dynasty leagues. Like this is the best window you'll ever have, I think, to buy Kyle Pitts right now. Yeah, I mean, for dynasty, it's I think that it's it is like the buy. Even in redraft, dynasty him, right now. Okay, what? Let's say if you could trade Fryermuth for Pitts in redraft. I mean, I really like Fryermuth too. Like we am didn't I go over taking, that, but am I really I like getting Pitts? Yeah, is yeah. that what you're saying? You get Pitts for Fryermuth because that's something that you could definitely get done right now. The way people feel about Pitts. Because I think I'll no, go I mean, does it the fact that I have to think about that already reveal how big of a problem it is? I think that's a good the thing. That's tough. Like I was, I was sort of hesitant to say through, like, say two weeks that it was that it was bad to take Kyle Pitts in the third round of redraft. But like at this point, I do, I, I think I am willing to say that yeah, it was like not just like a results mistake, but like a process error because, uh, like, because of this offense. This is, this is me running victory laps on this one. I'm willing to victory lap this one. That's a horrible victory lap, dude. Like, you got to do a full dance. I'm not even going to accept wow. that victory lap. No, no like, no, wow. like, I want to see a dance. I want to see, I want to see at least a dance. Okay, there we go. DNA, there we go. the DNA. There we go. I'm going to go full on victory lap on this one. <laughs> there we go. Um, so, 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 yeah, I do, I, I do think that, that at, at this point, at least, I'm willing to say that it was a, it was a bad pick for redraft because it was pretty easy to forecast a situation where this offense would look like it does. And like, well, here's, here's the problem for me. Sorry to interject, but it's, I did not expect Drake London to command this target share this quickly. I thought Pitts was going to have London, a whole London's up. not the problem. Like London's not the problem because like, Pitts but there's is, only so many targets bro, bro. They're all going to London. Pitts no, was getting no, drafted Pitts as if target they... share. Pitts's target share is still like incredible. Like, for a tight end, like his target share, his air yard share, his targets on the field, every single thing that you want is still there. Just the offense sucks. Like the offense, they, they're like trying to scheme around Marcus Mariota because he's not an NFL quality quarterback. Bad. So, yeah. Pitts, Pitts, was, Pitts was being drafted as if they didn't take use a top 10 overall pick in the draft on a wide receiver. Yeah. He was I think, being drafted as if he was the only show in town. Yeah. I think that even if Drake London wasn't there, Kyle Pitts would still be underperforming for it would just be Olamide Zacchaeus mm. getting a 31% target share. Like there would be somebody else running these slant routes on these RPOs. Like they're not gonna put Pitts out wide. Like that's the oh, thing. Arthur Smith, oh. Arthur Smith does yeah, not man. want to scheme Kyle Pitts out wide on these RPOs. He's he's on the field less than he was last year. His targets per route run is higher, his target share is higher. He's getting Dude. super valuable targets. He's just on the field less. Uh, Drake London has a 35% target share. He's number two in the league. Yeah. Okay. On top of that, a hamstring injury popped up and Kyle Pitts did not practice. Oh, yeah. 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 He is. That's kind of the final. Yeah. Give me Fryer Moose. Give me Fryer Moose. 
Yeah. Well, here's the thing. So for Dynasty, just like to like harp on that just a little bit more. Uh, so the role is there, right? Like Drake London can be like the number one target earner on this offense and Kyle Pitts can still be a Mark Andrews type of difference making tight end for you because the role is there. They just need a quarterback. They need to pass so, ball more and they need a quarterback that can be efficient as well. Yeah. yeah, but they keep winning, dude. I know, I know. They're going to hurt their like, chances the to even get a top quarterback. <laughs> you know, their can we get Bryce Young on this team already? Like, goddamn. Like, you just, you just, like, you just, I mean, like, you have to go buy Kyle Pitts in Dynasty. I'm like, you at least have to make an effort. Yeah, you should uh, be. The guys what if they still... end up? But what if they? So hold on a second. What if they end up missing out on these top guys? They cannot trade up. The record is care. too good, and they have to get like a like a Jordan Love. It doesn't matter. They'll get someone. Still don't another... care. Still don't care. The guy put up a thousand yards as a tight end at twenty yeah, years I old. Mean, in the we don't even. We don't have to talk about that. We know how impressive that is, and that's why yeah. I was willing to draft Pitts. There's this. literally one dude in the history of the league at this position like him, and it's oh, him. Right. And then uh, Cordero Patterson goes down. He's on IR now, so a lot of people run to the waivers to pick up Tyler Algier. He looked pretty good in this one, 84 yards on 10 carries. We kind of split the work with Caleb Huntley, too, getting involved. But honestly, for redraft, I'm not super interested in either of these guys. Maybe Algier, but I'm not going to start him right away against Tampa, at least, next week. I don't know. Any interest there? It's a, I guess you, he's worth a, a speculative ad. He's a stash. I'm not, yeah. I'm not like spending all my fab on Tyler Algier. I know fab is already, but I feel like that's a mistake if you spend a lot of fab on him. Yeah. I mean, I think that he's a, I think he's a decent pickup. I, there, there are several guys this week that I'd, that I'd rather have uh, like Rashad White, Pickens, probably Dobbs, probably. Yeah. We'll get to them. Let's go to uh, Jaguars Eagles. Uh, Jaguars kind of crashed back down to earth after a hot start here. Four fumbles for Trevor Lawrence, I think was the most in like 25 years or something, 30 years in the NFL. Uh, and again, the frustration for Travis Etienne just keeps amounting. It's It's been hard to watch with my darling, my my guy there, my flag plant, Travis Etienne. But you mean still- Jamal Agnew? Yeah, Jamal yeah. Agnew oh, out there oh, stealing right. his work, and uh, Jamichael Hasty. <laughs> yeah, it's not too late. You can pivot to a Jamal Bro, Agnew, dude. my guy. And the Jamichael Hasty touches are so tilting. That's like, awful. What are you doing? Like they're bringing him in. He ran three routes, got got targeted on every single one of those routes. So like they brought him in specifically to target him. Like dude. that is that is Travis Etienne stuff. Peterson you know I mean? like, is doing the he's doing the Peterson thing. Isn't this what he did when he was on the Eagles? He did. Not when he, no, he he like fed Miles Sanders. Like when Miles Sanders was doing well, he fed him. Like uh, when like, like four games. And I mean, he kind of did. had like a three or four man like carousel with Jordan Howard randomly getting. Yeah, I mean, he and ran that for years. And... He really did. But yeah, I didn't like think he, it would continue. When he had like bad players, that's what he did. But like Travis mm-hmm. Etienne is. I mean, this. I mean. Like he's acting like this dude isn't one of the best college running backs that we've I, ever seen. I know it's it's yeah. mind blowing and it's it's infuriating. Scheme this guy open. Like he looks so it. good when he touches the ball. I'm too. seeing the explosiveness. He is so fast. He's got he's got that Mostert like ability to accelerate in an instant. And you know he it's can just, make so it, many just, plays. Like the thing that's tilting is like the quality of the guys that he's scheming touches for over Travis Etienne, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like Jamichael Hasty is like some also ran cast off journeyman, right? Like Jamal Agnew wasn't even a wide receiver until last year, 
You know, he was like he was a uh, cornerback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's just it's just super tilting to see those guys to like for there to be six or seven like scheme touches in this game, like layup layup passing work touches that do not go to Travis Etienne. The only other thing I want to say is uh, overlooked this game for Christian Kirk. It was a disappointment, but the target yeah, forty percent target share. They, they played yeah. in the rain against one of the toughest defenses in the NFL. So I think it's still great. Great news for Christian Kirk. Like he's going to have a massive target share going forward. And I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be fine. I do believe he has leveled up, you know, yeah. despite him having for a down. That game. Eagles defense is legit and Hurricane Ian is legit. Dude, and <laughs> Hurricane legit. Ian remains undefeated. And Bro, really, you know, everywhere. the only thing to talk about with the Eagles is Miles Sanders because that workload is incredible. He got 30 opportunities in this game, something that yeah, we only- didn't know was possible for him anymore. <laughs> Yeah, like, like this has been a uh, – at this point, it's a victory um, – uh, uh, yeah. like it's not even a lap anymore. Like it's a victory marathon because it's just been week after week after week of this. The only thing that's 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 uh, different that we haven't seen so far this year is the dude got seven red zone attempts in this game. So uh, in the past, it's been like as soon as they get in the red zone, like they sub in somebody for whatever reason or Jalen Hurts runs a draw or whatever it is. But, yeah, Miles Sanders, seven red zone attempts in this game. So if that continues – along with the workload that we've seen him get like he has like sustainable top 10 running back upside for the rest of the season it's possible as long as it continues which i think it could and the, the offense yeah. is so good yeah i'm going zero rb everywhere next year i'm, I'm not playing <laughs> I was, this game man i'm saying like from from like early on like we we could like see this little pocket late in drafts like it was sanders hunt later on ceh slipped Why? there there were so many guys yeah well, we talked about it ad nauseum in the offseason, yeah. I know. Yeah, Stevenson even is, is like starting to hit Stevenson, now. Uh, Stevenson's been good, yeah. Um, Penny had a big game moving on to Seahawks-Lions uh, here. There we go. The, the most exciting game of the year, uh, of the week at least, maybe of the year. Lions absolutely. 48 Putting on a show, dude. I mean, you know Smith crushed in this game. Jared Goff crushed. TJ Hawkinson had the absolute – breakout of all breakouts for him like we were talking about before the show like might not continue because Amon Ross St. Brown and DJ Chark will come back Jamison Williams will come back and DeAndre Swift but just to know that he's capable of doing this when we weren't really sure after three years of his career I think is nice to see for his long-term outlook like the big plays downfield you know 22 yards per catch in this one they absolutely fed him he looked great yeah there's a funny story about this one I uh I'm like down super bad in one of my redraft leagues where I drafted like a dominant team immediately. Oh, three, but like top three in scoring. I pick up Jared Goff because uh, Trey Lance was injured. I plug him in and then immediately everybody for the Lions gets injured. And like, I was so like down bad and sad about it happening that I didn't even bother putting any, I was like, I got to pick up somebody else for Goff. And I was, I was like going through the waivers, looking, see like, who is it, you know, who is it that I'm going to pick up and just decided like, man, I'm just going to leave him in. Screw it. Like, I'll, like I'll go over and four and the dude put up like 40 points for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh man. What else to talk about in this game? I mean, Josh dude, DK Metcalf, DK Metcalf, my man, had to, my man had to ride off the field in style, man. He ain't doing the booty off to take a dump middle of the game. Like Lamar, you know, you know he ain't going to go out like that. He's going to take the cart. Yeah. Dylan, what does this offense look like with Jamison Williams? 
Uh, dude, I am very excited. I mean, we were high on the as line. someone as someone who is very big on Jamison Williams. I mean, you can't you 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 can't script up a better start to the season for this guy to hit the ground running because I right now very, this offense is just. I'm very bullish on him. I would be stashing him in redraft leagues because so, okay, I think he could be like a late a late season addition to your team for some extra firepower to have some monster games, knowing what he's capable of. I'm I'm into it. I think it's gonna be so, good. Yeah, so I might be wrong. Um, uh, what's the Lions head coach, Dan Campbell? Yeah, Dan yeah. Campbell came out and talked about. I don't I don't I don't know the exact quote, but I know I had read this earlier. Uh, had like somebody had asked him in a, a press conference recently about uh, Jamison Williams, and reading between the lines, it seemed like they were they were going to take his recovery very very slowly, like to the point where people were were like speculating yeah. that maybe he won't even play this year. Actually, there was a report today that he's gonna he won't come return until after the bye week, which is week six. So anytime week seven, eight, or nine, I would start looking at him to return. I'll have to go, yeah, like I'll have to go and look at what uh like Dan Campbell said that made people start to speculate on that. But like apparently it was something like they're gonna like bring him along very, very slowly. But yeah, it's like this is already this is already the best offense in the NFL for fantasy points. So like and real points, they're leading the league in scoring. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, and like, I mean, like a corollary for that, like more than the weapons that they have on the field, like the biggest their reason defense, for that actually yeah. is because they're also the worst defense in the NFL. They're also giving yeah. up yeah, the most fantasy points. So, like, so like a big, like structural takeaway for this is in DFS and Dynasty Fantasy, like whatever, like format that you're talking about, target. Lions pieces games. in the Lions games yeah and that's yeah. and that's and that I mean like this is the Seahawks who we don't think is some like crazy offense whatsoever they just put up 48 you know what I mean <laughs> they put up 48 on them a crazy freaking Carroll offense Dude, <laughs> I know you, 48 points you had wrote down in the show doc sell Rashad Penny after this big game I totally agree with you Definitely. I agree with you for sure I mean we saw the first three weeks were rough but I man like he's still going on that trend where if he sees 13 or more carries in a game he crushes yeah. like in every every time in his career it's like 95 percent sex success rate with him i mean had two 40 yard touchdown runs in this one if only yeah. they would give him the ball 20 times a game i really i think I he think, would be awesome but like this is basically what i suspected penny would be or like what i think and i like like what i think he's still going to be like i think that you're going to get like a couple more of these games on the year but like you know RB 35 week one, 68 week two, 37 week three, the like the workload, the lack of um, um, uh, like receiving no game targets, is just, no targets yeah, is just yeah. is just not there to sustain any kind of floor. But he will have massive games like this. Like he I will mean, have games where he just breaks off a 60 yard touchdown or whatever. He's been as efficient as he was last year. He's running for over six yards a clip again. Um, so the guy is really good when he's out there. But again, no, in a bad offense still, like you said, no targets at all. Even though he's out there, they just don't target him whatsoever. So it is frustrating. I would sell him, but it's still fun to watch. I, I think he's a really talented running back. Yeah, Seahawks passing game has been surprising, too. That's something and that they're, I, that they're I, throwing the ball more than they did last year. Yeah, yeah. Geno Smith, uh, he's the second-rated passer in a PFF rankings on the season. <laughs> and that's – and that's and that's with the sef, uh, seventh highest a dot. So like he's like it's not like he's dinking and dunking or whatever. Like he he is the second highest rated passer in the league, throwing the ball downfield. 
and the targets are funneled to both of the top wideouts, the DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Like over like, over fifty percent of the targets are going to those two guys. Seems like can that last? Like, are they going to become a more run heavy team later in the season? Most I mean, like, well, we said so. Yeah, so like this is something else. Is that is that okay? So let me look at this. Yeah, Seahawks. Uh, the first two weeks. Like, did I make a note of this? I don't think I actually noted it, but yeah. So like the first two weeks of the season, the Seahawks were uh, running at a uh, rate and running like a total like amount of plays more or less and less with what are in a line with what uh, like Pete Carroll has done over his career. Like he's, you know, he's like the caveman coach, the guy that wants to slow the game down, pound the rock, all of that. But then the last two weeks, they have like leapt forward to where over the last two weeks, they're second in the NFL and snaps coming with 15 plus seconds remaining on the play clock the Eagles are number one. So it like, we've seen, we've seen a total change at least in terms of the pace of play in the last two weeks from the Seahawks. So, and like Pete Carroll has come out and like acknowledged that and talked about that. So it's something that he's conscious of. So I don't know. I don't know what got into him. Like maybe he's taking a, he's like, a little Gino blue pill. Cook, man. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. That is crazy. Uh, let's go on to the chargers Texans. Chargers offense exploded this week. We finally got the Eckler monster game. You know, he was a good buy candidate earlier in the season. And then really what to say, uh, Damian Pierce continues the breakout. Six targets in this one. He broke off a 75-yard run, touchdown run. I mean, we might have just been wrong about him, unfortunately. Even It looked good to start the season, but now he's getting that true workhorse role, and he's looking pretty good. Yeah, if he starts getting the passing game, I'll be I'll be like a little more excited. It was still it was still uh, Burkhead. I think I don't, I don't have the routes run in front of me, but Burkhead had like five targets, five catches, something like that. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, they definitely, definitely. I think he had like like an eighty-five yard touchdown run or something like that. Yeah, Pierce did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I said. I think so. Something like that, 80, 75 yards. Mm-hmm. And he dominated dominated their rushing snaps. At For all sure. Their, their yeah, he, he he is like the absolute dude on the ground. Like what mm-hmm. we saw in week one, like they they uh, like where Burkhead had like sixteen attempts and like that. Like that is not coming back. Pierce at least funny is prank. dominating the rushing work. And I know. Yeah. Funny yes. prank there, guys. Thanks for that. Yeah. On the charges though, Mike Williams just continues his career trajectory where it's just. Horrible game, amazing game, horrible game. <laughs> he's the same guy he's always been, but like those those big games are going to be really big when they come. Another I'm interested. Hundred. So plus. like, Keenan Allen uh, reaggravated an injury in this game, right? Like his hamstring or whatever. No, he, he, didn't he didn't play. He didn't play. Oh, he didn't play. Okay. No. So so then I heard some bad news. He's not maybe, practicing. I guess in week. practice or something like that. Yes. Like so, there's been some kind of like reaggravation happen so like that's you know man. like we yeah and i mean he's he's you know he's i think he's a 30 year old whiteout now like we see this happen with like these older wideouts where they where like once once one leg or another starts to go there's piles and piles on but uh point being that maybe mike williams can sustain a little bit more uh, uh, uh consistency going forward i wouldn't i wouldn't really bank on it but it could like i'm a little i'm a little you know like you have to bump up your range of outcomes a little more i i How still you, with mike williams it's like i don't really care about the consistency i'll, I'll take a five-point week if it means the next week he's going to go off for 25 30 you know he's still someone you play every week in my opinion uh, i think that that's a big deal for um for everett 
I think that if, if Keenan Allen is actually like, if this turns out to be just a lost season for Keenan, where he's just, because we've seen receivers have this happen with hamstrings. Like you come back and re-aggravate it. They come back, they re-aggravate it again. They re-aggravate it in practice. They come back and they're only, you know, 60%. Like hamstrings just have that effect with these receivers. They can linger. Yeah. Um, if yeah, this man, is going to be the case for Keenan, Everett, Everett might be like top five tight end this year. I mean, uh, Everett has benefited the most. He's tight end six on the year already. <clears throat> Scored again. He's getting like six targets every week at least. Yeah, he's looked really good. Yeah, he's getting the targets for it, for sure. Yeah. And then you got the Bears, Giants. Giants are – Oh, well, no, 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 man. We got to talk about Austin Eckler, man. Austin Eckler, people were, All like, right. freaking out about Austin Eckler. Yeah. After, Austin Eckler's good. Okay, yeah. Bears, Giants. No, no, like, here's the thing. Like, so Austin Eckler's role changed. Like, so, so the role, like, in terms of, like, rushing and receiving work was the exact same as what he had done uh, last year. The only thing that was different was that he wasn't getting red zone uh, touches. He got seven red zone touches in this game. So, so, and he converted them to three touchdowns. Like he, I mean, he was incredible uh, with his uh, like red zone opportunities last year. Obviously I think he led the league at the running back position and the touchdowns. I had like 20, 20 plus. Um, yeah. And it seems like they, they made that change. Hopefully. Hopefully. Well, I would be surprised if they don't continue because the guy is so good at getting in. Cause he's end. so good at it. Right. He, he's insane. He really. Also, did we, did we, did we, we glanced the over the Bills Ravens? game. Yeah, we glanced over the Bills. Yeah, the Bills. Oh, Ravens. okay, Bills Ravens. All right, yeah, we passed them on the show, dog. Um, yeah, I mean, J.K. Dobbins is back. Definitely. Yeah, I think this is another step forward. Uh, like this is exactly what you want to see. Like with a guy coming off a devastating injury, um, first game back, you know, he had about a fifty percent roll. This game, uh, six. Uh, it was uh, sixteen of twenty six rushing snaps. 13 of 21 rushing attempts, four targets too. Like since he's been back, he's in, he has a he has the uh, double digit target share, which is crazy. Like not something that you think would ever happen in the Ravens offense. He's still kind of being eased in, but he scored the two touchdowns this week. So I think now I'm definitely at least comfortable where like I'm going to put him in my lineup every week going forward. Yeah, um, plenty yeah. of usage in a great offense. We know what they do there. And then on uh, like the other side, Devin Singletary to me is super interesting because if you look at the first two weeks of the season, 55% snap share, the last two weeks, 80% snap share. So he's getting five plus targets in both of the last two weeks. He had uh, 18 opportunities two weeks ago and then 16 uh, this most recent week. This is the role that he had last year, essentially, like down the stretch when he was like a top 10 running back. This like this is exactly what it looked like. Like he was uh, he was like dominating the snaps. He was getting a ton of targets. He was leading uh, like the rushing opportunities. Uh, all that's missing with this role is like touchdowns, which may or may not come. But well, they <laughs> they might come, but in low doses because really Josh Allen takes all of the touchdowns. It's kind of crazy. I mean, like, but, but that, like the thing with him is that like we've already seen this. Like this happened last year, yeah, and he was yeah. and he was and he was like, a top ten guy. So. Well, the thing that I think that this is, go ahead. I was gonna say the thing that's shocking is that James Cook, their second round draft, nothing, pick, no role to. They're giving him nothing. Two two he's snaps like, last week. Two snaps, literally not even on the field. So like he's done. Moss, like we know, sucks. Moss had I think three carries. His like, customary uh, like two yards a carry. Um, it I think that Singletary is just gonna dominate this offense. Like at least that's like that's the trend so far, and we've already seen it over over like a half season sample. 
So, and I think that this is something like why I like this so much is because I think it's something that is sneaky. You know what I mean? I think in, I think in redraft, just like box score watchers are not going to see this kind of thing. For sure. I mean, Singletary is a start going forward. Zach Moss, after that week one, like we talked about, they realized he still sucks. So don't put him on the field. <laughs> you know? I think crazy um, about Cook. I don't know when he gets involved, if he does this year, four games. Well, because his usage is so weird. I mean, like they gave him a lot of work in one week and then completely took him off the field the next week. It's I th- that was like with, because of garbage time, though. Yeah, I think right. with Cook, the pro- with Cook, the problem is that their their defense is just too freaking good. Like, yeah, they don't. They they are they are not going to get into many, if any, shootouts this year because their defense is just way too good. They don't need to have that guy in there. That's like, but they're still, they're still. Singletary got eleven targets. That's the thing. I don't think that's it at all. He would. They would still have some kind of a role for him, a third down role. He just doesn't have it at all. They don't have any trust in him yet. I don't know. You guys, you guys are the ones that praise the Bills for being like a well-run team that drafts well. They used a second rounder on him, so I don't think that was a good pick. I don't think that was. Yeah, well, I I thought they should have taken Todd White. Yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna have to see. It's definitely definitely not looking good. It's looking like another another big old L. Looking like a Trey Sermon. Look, man, don't feel too like like Trey. We've had a lot of them. We've had a lot of them this year. Let me ask you guys really quickly. Do you guys have any? You're in good company. Yeah. Do you guys have any thoughts on Duvernay if uh, if Bateman misses any time? Um, you could play him if do if uh, Bateman misses, I guess. This is this is something that I didn't note, but it it definitely uh, surprised me. Duvernay is running is running the same amount or more routes every week. And yeah, he's. I, <laughs> I read that he was running. Uh, he was uh, running more a ton routes. of routes. Yeah, dude, it's yeah, been so, bad outside of the big plays. It's been bad for Bateman. I don't. Yeah, like Bateman's not a full time player. I don't know. I don't like. That's that's to me is one of the biggest surprises of the year because yeah. like, I'll take I expected a him on this one. <laughs> I expected him to be like a one hundred percent like route participation guy. I mean, like even if you thought that like like so like the argument that you would have made to fade Bateman preseason would not have been he's going to be out on the it's, field sixty five percent of the time. Not the same argument. It was more about the them it's about like the offense right? being run first team, which still has not right. really happened. It is weird that yeah. No. No, look, that hasn't happened. The reason why he's flopping is because he's not out there. I also, I don't, I'm not as like enthused as with his talent as some other people are too. I think he's good, but I mean, what do I know? You know, I mean, like, so if Bateman misses time, time, are you guys flex? Are you comfortable to put Duvernay in your flex or no? That's, that's basically, Um, he's not a must start, but in an emergency play, yeah, you could. I mean, he's getting enough usage that you could throw him out there. Hope for a big chasing, you look at you look at who else is catching points, passes. Basically, it depends who, who else is about. catching passes. Dobbins, Andrews, and then everything else is running backs. Like they, yeah, like they did. No one else is catching passes. To Marcus Robinson, like no one catches it's passes. On just, I mean, but like your yeah, but your options aren't like just on the Ravens, right? Like I would I would rather start Pickens or just any most random guys that you would have on your bench. I would start probably over. Yeah. Uh, in an emergency situation, I'm fine with it, but it just depends, like you said. He's uh, an interesting stash, though, I think. Yeah, like deep league, deep league kind of thing. Deep league, right. If you're playing like a three-flex type of league. All right, let's go back to the Bears-Giants. Maybe the ugliest game um, of the week. Cameron wrote down the single worst collection of wide receivers on an NFL field in decades. <laughs> it must be, <laughs> right? 
Yeah, with no one on no Tony. It's Kenny Gallagher. Jones out there muffing punts. <laughs> Kenny Galladay <laughs> like might 35 be 35 years old. <laughs> yeah. Galladay must be not only the worst signing of a wide at the wide receiver position ever, but I think he's just the Galladay. worst receiver to ever play football right now. <laughs> he's slowly he's slowly morphing into an actual like Saks Fifth Avenue uh, like mannequin. Wait, <laughs> he didn't get any he didn't get any snaps though, did he? he I think he ran like three rounds. <laughs> Dude, they can't target him because he's never open. And then he can't win contest. Yeah, he got forty-two percent of the snaps. Was it was it like this week or last week this that week? I saw where where like they targeted him on like a slant and like he like triple caught it and then just fumbled to the ground. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's been brutal, man. I mean, he's just awful. He had zero catches. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, no, I, I saw. You're gonna see a lot of that. <laughs> did you see Dylan? Did you see his post game conference when the reporter the reporters must have been trolling him or something? But the reporters <laughs> in their locker room and he asked them like, "Hey, what's your opinion on like getting benched and not getting any targets?" Basically, oh, he was mad. And the guy just like and Galladay just looks at him and he goes, "Yeah, it's inexcusable. I should be getting targets. There's no yeah, reason that, was, that I would not be getting targets. I need that was targets." A few weeks ago, yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, he got a little better for the Bears with Mooney, 94 yards here, but the target share. We know he's alive now. The targets are still not good. I'm still not playing him, but maybe you could hold them on your bench. Oh, no, dude, you can't. You can't play anyone. No, okay, so something not. else I noted here is that uh, Fields is on pace for uh, 285 attempts on the year. And I did a search going back to the 1960s. Oh, no. To look for <laughs> Literally the last time that we saw 285 attempts or less from a quarterback that started every game on the season. And that's 1977. Games. It's Kenny Pickett. <laughs> it's 1977. Jim Dude. Plunkett. Jim Plunkett. That's a 17 yeah. game. That's a 17 Yeah, right. Like, and in 77, that was like, I He's think that, 14. I think that, uh, yeah, like Plunkett paid 14 games then. So, <laughs> <laughs> Like I couldn't find a way to just because like because like the number of games played has changed it so like I couldn't find a way to filter yeah. it by that so yeah. I just did like like I just looked at guys that started every game. Oh yeah, but let's God. let's not spend too much time on this. It's like Saquon is the number one running back. He's a beast. Herbert yeah. is a startable play. I mean, he's a must start type of guy when he's as long as Montgomery's not out there. So I do want to say one last thing uh, for dynasty, like Darnell Mooney could be a buy super, super low Ugh. because the role and like yeah. his ability to like earn targets is still the exact same. Like he's still like, it's the exact same that it was last year. Like he's been, he's been uh, like 25 plus back to back years. Uh, it's just that there are like seven targets. So like 25% of seven targets is what? Like two, you know, <laughs> like yeah. one and a half. It's so like, me. yeah. So, and, I, and by low, I mean, like, maybe you can get this guy as, like, a throw-in or, like, a third, two-thirds two or something. I also think um, you should be, in redraft leagues, be rostering both Wandell Robinson and Kadarius Toney because there is a major, still a major path for targets there. Shepard's done for the year. Galladay not only was so bad this game, but he got hurt. He's going to miss some time. And Wandale and Tony were both practicing today as a limited participant. So one of these guys is going to start absorbing targets. Eventually it might not be very fruitful for fantasy, but it's going to be something. I think it'll be fun. You know what I mean? This is, this is like a goofy offense to just jump into and see what happens. <laughs> I take a Don't shot play him right away, but just stash him. I think. Yeah. Okay. You got the commies versus the Cowboys. That's the commanders, <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Michael Gallup came back in this one and, the Cowboys are now three and zero with uh, Cooper Rush at quarterback. <laughs> I know Cooper Rush 
Yeah, it's crazy. He's like, uh, like probably making himself some money over yeah, like these last four he's games. He's making a name t- for himself for sure. Yeah, they tell you like you know like when you're a backup, just go out there, try not to, try to just screw it up too bad, basically. And the dude is and the dude has ripped off four wins. He's been pretty good. I mean, CD Lamb has been great with him. Um, man, I don't know, really, not too much to say about the Cowboys there. I, uh, I think we should go into the uh, Commanders here because that backfield after Week One it looked so good for Gibson. It's become a mess, and now Brian Robinson is back and practicing this week. He might come back as soon as this week, Week Five, and Dude. it's a nightmare. I hope you sold Antonio Gibson, honestly. Brian Robinson better be God's gift to running backs. That's all I'm going to say. After all of this, like after this arc, this, this protagonist anime arc that has been the beginning of his career. And now all of these hype cr- videos, I, this, he better be one punch man. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that he's like, I mean, he might be like God's chosen running back because <laughs> that's what, what I'm saying. Because the dude no, took a bullet through the knee, <laughs> like just literally stop right now and feel your knee. Feel all the stuff in there. Now you know imagine I mean? like, a bullet like, in it. Yeah, you literally can't move a centimeter without awesome. hitting bone or like a weird tendon or something. And when a I bullet, bump my knee, I like don't want to walk on it. I get all like cringe. Yeah, literally, dude. Yeah, like if you bump your knee on the table, it's like, oh god, such a cringe, <laughs> such a cringe feeling. Yeah, yeah, dude. And this dude had a bullet go through it and did no structural damage. It's it's like it's crazy. It like does not make any sense. And then like you see the videos of him, and not only that, he like already looks spry. Like he already looks, you know, to be in like NFL shape. Like he's like running the drills at like full speed. It it seems yeah. at least. But yeah, I think I think uh, it's possible that we got a sneak peek of what the split's going to look like. Uh, like when he comes back on the field with uh, the three way split here: Jonathan Williams five carries, and McKissick eight, Gibson thirteen. So yeah, it's just going to be a, it's it's going to be what what we were afraid of. I think. And then uh, let's uh, get through it. We have a lot of games to go to through, but Curtis Samuel still continues to lead the way in targets at this wide receiver core. That's one of the big shocks of the, of the year so far, I think. Yeah. 37, uh, our 37 targets. It's 11 in the NFL through four weeks. Yeah. Seven targets here after three straight double digit target games. That's pretty Terry great. Terry McLaurin's an L. Terry McLaurin's it's, it's weird what's happening to him. 16.2% target here. That's so much lower than like what he's done for his career. He has three years of 23 plus percent. So uh, I got to think, I mean, and he's still out there running every single route. Like he still is like their wide receiver one in terms of how they're using the field. He's just not, he's just not getting the target. So I got to think yeah. there's some uh, regression coming, but I'm low on him. Yeah, I am as well. And then uh, Colts-Titans, this was a good fantasy game, but Jonathan Taylor gets injured. He's already been ruled out for the Thursday night game, which will be going on tonight if you're listening to it on Thursday. Um, so that's that's a shame. It was another bad game for him. Uh, Michael Pittman had a down week here too. Uh, just It was really the Derrick Henry show in this one, and he looks good again running with – he was running very violently like the old Derrick Henry self. I do think he has lost a little bit of his top-end speed, but uh, I think he's going to be totally fine for fantasy rest of season. Yeah, and – Especially if he's going to get five or six targets. Right, yeah, like he's getting yeah. he's getting uh, targeted quite a bit over the last of the last couple of weeks. There, There isn't anything more terrifying, I think, in the NFL than seeing Derrick Henry get going in the first quarter. Because, like, that's not how it's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, he's supposed to stink. 
for three quarters and then just crush you in the fourth. If he's already crushing you in the first quarter, pack it up. Like, go (laughs) home. You're done. Man, uh, for a long day. Yeah. Traylon Burks gets hurt in this one. We find out it's turf toe. That was disappointing after I just traded for him with Cameron. (laughs) Yeah. Who was that? Good job. You destroyed me on that trade. (laughs) But, man, I don't know. Uh, he can still come back. I'm still into him, actually. I would probably buy him low through the injury in Dynasty Leagues. Would you buy him low, Cameron? Yeah, I would uh, try to I buy think, him low. I think yeah. you absolutely should. <laughs> I think so. I mean, it was, he was starting to get much more involved, even though, you know, what he did through two weeks was pretty good in terms of when he was on the field earning targets. Um, you earning know, illegal hands to the face well. penalties. Wow. Who doesn't from time to time? He cost Derrick Henry a touchdown. <laughs> Some people needed that touchdown. <laughs> God, Ian hates Traylon Burks. Let me tell you, I don't he, hate Traylon Burks. No, I just think he's a bunch, whole Ian bunch of behind the scenes. We we cannot get this guy to stop body shaming Traylon Burks. It's Ian, ridiculous. <laughs> Ian actually is the turf in his toe. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna find out. Yeah. Yeah, he like personally like manicured that turf. Like petting I have this little night. Traylon Burks yes. voodoo doll, and I just voodoo start clicking doll. his toe. <laughs> I still believe I believe by Traylon Burks if you can get him for like an early second right now. I think that's probably doable in some leagues. In some um, leagues. Yeah, let's go on to Cardinals Panthers. Uh, I know Cameron has some notes down. Yeah, Rondo Moore comes back and plays basically a full time role right away which was good to see i wasn't sure if he would be limited in this one but at least it's just a shame we didn't get to see him at all without deandre hopkins or or not much at least you know hopkins is going to be coming back in a week because he would have probably been doing exactly what greg dorch has been doing and he would have been a great fantasy player yeah so it's weird so like they've so he came back right and then like he immediately started uh in like a full-time role dorch was not not benched, but, you know, Dortch ran 16 routes to uh, Rondell Moore 33. That 33 tied the team high. So it was Marquise Brown and uh, Rondell Moore running as a clear one and two. But his role was totally different from last year. Like last year, he had a 3.3 A dot. In this game, it was 10.4. Last year, he ran a 63.8 slot rate. Uh, this year, it was 63.2 out uh, wide. So I don't know. That was good to see. This is still – I don't think so, man. I think this is, like, more of Cliff Kingsbury just uh, dicking around, just, like, not knowing how to, like, use his players. Well. I don't think he knows how to use them, but, I mean, that's got to be encouraging, man, because he literally never saw anything but jet sweeps and screens last year. That was, like, his whole usage. Yeah. I think I mean, if you're a Rondell truther that you like to at least see that type of uh, – It role. is good to see – It yeah, uh, like, so, like, the deeper A-dot is definitely uh, – like encouraging but like the slot rate thing like get him in the slot like that's where he needs to be and, and they they cut andy isabella as a declaration that they only have room for one disappointing second round wide receiver on their <laughs> roster right and he got scooped up by the ravens actually and if you oh, go back he? and but if oh, you go man, back and you look ruined. at the if you look at that uh what was it, like the 2020 draft with andy isabella or was that 2019 uh, yeah, right. Yeah, like, yes, yes. So go back and look at that and look at that draft. And the Cardinals took like three shots at uh, wide receiver. Wasn't that the that, DK draft? That was a very good draft. Yeah. It was like DK, AJ Brown, AJ Brown, Marquise, like dude, all, all of uh, Terry McLaurin, all of this is banger after banger after banger. And the Cardinals took three shots. Andy Isabella, Akeem Bustler, 
Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn yeah. Johnson. Bust, bust, bust. None Literally, of those guys are on the team anymore. I mean, Isabella was the only one who lasted on the team for over a year, yeah. I think. <laughs> Isabella had like 200 receiving read yards. This, read this next blurb here. Yeah, about yeah, DJ on the Moore. side, man. DJ Moore, Cameron had it run down. This is a great stat. 67 yeah. out of 73 in terms of wide receiver catchable, catchable. targets. Yeah. And then and then and then all of the guys lower than him on the list, he has a much lower A dot. So he's getting so that Baker Mayfield is targeting him like very, very close to the line of scrimmage and just missing him at like the highest rate in the NFL. Baker Mayfield sucks, dude. <laughs> read that sucks. last read that last sentence. Literally, literally, this is the worst QB play of uh dj moore's career which is incredible because like that's crazy dude 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 kyle allen was like exponentially better for dj Moore than baker Mayfield. (laughs) this man has had kyle allen will greer yeah this man has had teddy bridgewater sam darnold uh taylor heineke hold on a second heineke can we just say officially right now we owe odell peckham a major apology (laughs) As a community for like, and his man, I'm Team Odell, yeah, man, his dad had it right. But like, people thought like, okay, maybe Odell lost a step, but it could have just been completely 100 percent on Baker. It was, yeah. I think like case closed, dude. Like we saw the video, he like immediately went over to the Rams and was doing well. Dude, it's it's crazy because the consensus before the season wasn't that Baker Mayfield would be a major upgrade for him, but it was supposed to be, would be the, the best, best that he had QB play of his career so far. It's and that's the, it's exact the worst you're getting. It's the literal worst. It's crazy. And like, he doesn't like Baker Mayfield does nothing well, like literally the only reason why Baker Mayfield is in there right now is because Matt rules is still the coach. And it's just like a saving face thing. Like if he were to pull Baker Mayfield, it would essentially be like, all right, fire me. Well, you know, like, we're like, going to see Sam Darnold again. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, because Rule's going to get fired. They're going to get a new coach in there, and they're going to try to mix things up. But uh, because, like, Darnold would literally be an improvement over Baker Mayfield at this point. But, like, a guy that's on the – that whose seat is literally scorching his buns right now, like, is, like, uh, is not, is not going to make a big move like that, I don't think. So until he's gone, which could be as early as next game, uh, it's just going to continue to be bad, and it's going to be a little bit less bad, but still awful. Whenever yeah. Sam Darnold gets in there, pour one out for DJ Moore, man. Uh, like just pour one out. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and he had the funniest, you know, that clip that I shared, where like he's trying, like there was some uh, like reporter asking him about how how like how uh, bad uh, Baker Mayfield's been or whatever. No, it was about Rule saying that the problem was the receivers weren't getting enough separation. <laughs> and the- <laughs> And the look on DJ, he's just like smiling, like just trying, trying. Hey, hey, he's a better sport than uh, he's a better sport than Deontay Johnson, that's for sure. Because Deontay can put up with and George Pickens, they couldn't put up with four four games. The funniest play, yeah. It's it's like it's like the funniest back to back watch with Pickens versus DJ Moore, where Pickens is just a fucking animal. He's just like he bad. (laughs) Just like screaming, (laughs) just screaming. And then you want DJ Moore Moore sitting over there like. (laughs) We're sitting over like there like to be, Bane. Like, I was yeah. born in the darkness. Yeah. I was born in darkness. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he don't know any better. Man. And yeah. even in Maryland, dude, like literally going back to college, he had like clown show QBs uh, even, at, even even when he was in college. That's <laughs> awful. It's just some guys just he'll can't just, catch a break. He'll just ring chase when his career is over, when, when his, this contract is over. I hope he gets to... one, man. Yeah. 
eventually one day it will work out possibly he's like the Allen robinson Maybe will still be around okay let's go through at this point i'm just i'm just totally blackpilled on dj Moore. (laughs) i've been for years honestly i've been way off of him for a while let's roll through the last four games though quickly we're running out of time but we got green bay at, at the patriots green bay pulled out a victory it was in overtime, I think, right? Yeah, this went to overtime. Right. Field goal. But, yeah, Romeo Dubs is uh, the number one guy here. Eight targets again in two straight weeks. It's yeah, exactly. no. Yeah. Uh, um, he was – he he had a – he had a, a – I to my eyes, it looked like a catch <laughs> because, like – because of the way that he fell down and oh, the ball, like a, the he ball. had like the Dez Bryant, Calvin. Oh Johnson. no, it hit, yeah, it hit yeah. the ground. I think. I think. Well, it, it didn't hit the ground. What happened was he he like got tackled to the ground very quickly after making the catch, and then the basically they, they said that the ball popped out and he didn't survive the ground or whatever. But no, I, anyway, I think it was that ball was on the ground. I remember. He was one uh, luckier officials review away from having a pretty much a monster game. I mean, that's 50 yards and a touchdown thrown on top of his stat line. So it seems pretty clear that he's like the, he's the best option out of their receivers. Um, So he, he turned out to be, he could be a really nice late round pick when we look back on this season. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So Lazard also in this game, eight targets, six receptions, 116 yards. So it seems like there's at least, like there's a clear two here, like Dobbs and uh, Alan Lazard going forward are going to be, I think, I think the, I think the starting two wide receivers and then uh, Christian Watson is going to work in as like a space uh, kind of like gadget player. And then on the Patriots guys, um, Damian Harris had a good game here and Ramondre Stevenson. That's two straight weeks now where both these guys have been good starts and it's happening for Stevenson. He's got five targets again. He's playing all of the third down uh, snaps. He's getting targets, and they're both getting carries because it's a run-heavy team. They score on the ground all the time. So I think both of them are flex plays, at least until further notice. They get Detroit next week, and I'm looking to play both of these guys against Detroit. Yeah, I think I think I would even – like if I had to pick between one or the other, I think it would be Stevenson because of the I'll passing I'll take Stevenson in a full PPR for sure. Yeah. Looking good, man. I, I just think he's a really good player and it's going to continue to, he's just going to get, um, he's going to have big enough a role on this team, uh, but both of them are getting it. I mean, Damian Harris is still kind of leading in the early down work and most of the goal line work as well. So each of them can be played. They don't have an enormous ceiling, but they're going to be pretty safe. Uh, and then you got Denver versus Vegas. And Josh Jacobs exploded for like the first time since I think 2019. We've seen a game like that from Josh Jacobs, two touchdowns, 150 yards, whatever. He had six targets in this one as well. So all the rumors, offseason rumors about maybe them going to a committee, just dead Dude, That was just the biggest smoke ever. That was crazy. It's all Josh Jacobs. I mean, he's got as big of a role as ever. He, he might be like – he might be – I, I would put him on on par with like Derrick Henry as far as like sureness of of opportunities and work volume on a game to game basis. Well, dude, I mean, he's he he's has RB seven on the season so far. Yeah. No, he's yeah, a he has... RB one. He's never not been an RB one since he came into the NFL. And but people faded him, and he's an RB one again. 
Mm-hmm. So that's kind of crazy. Well, we'll see. He's getting floated by a really monster week. He was pretty pedestrian the first three weeks. So let's see if he can continue finding that success. But he was still getting the volume, though, on those. He was. He was getting the volume. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be selling him in Dynasty. Oh, in <laughs> I Dynasty? Would use this yes, sell Dynasty. I would be like desperate to sell him. This would be a great game to sell him off in Dynasty. I'm just thinking about redraft. I'd like to have him rest of the season. But uh, yeah, in Dynasty, he is on a at the end of a contract and just sell running backs going into second contracts over and over um then with the the raiders well hold on a second time out did you glance over my aaron Rodgers has the worst haircut in football oh <laughs> that's a very important takeaway no it is see. awful not no, good it is awful is it I haven't it's even, so bad. I haven't he even, wears a he wears a baseball cap on the sideline, and he has like two tendrils, like a Twi'lek from Star Wars, popping out of the back <laughs> of his baseball cap. <laughs> oh, dude, a Twi'lek! You know the deep lore, bro. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry to derail it, Dylan. Dylan's trying to keep <laughs> moving forward, but oh, yeah, yeah, dude, it's not it good, like, man. I agree that's a that. very important takeaway from this. This game. looks like this looks like me when I'm trying to save money and I give myself a haircut, but this dude's. <laughs> Dude has like a hundred million in the bank. I mean, more. he's kind of what been like time, bro? he's been rolling with like bad hair for a little while now, though. I know Aaron Rodgers is yeah, super long. weird, dude. He's a weirdo. He, he, it's I kind of like, like him. Him and him and like Russell Wilson are like Jekyll and Hyde, bro. Where Aaron Rodgers is like the bad weird, and Russell Wilson is like the goofy Go weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> and then um, back to Denver versus Las Vegas. Uh, I put down here that it feels like Adams is eating everyone's lunch. I think we're all kind of in agreement there. Yeah. Uh, Waller's down to like five targets the last two weeks, I think. Uh, Renfro's been out. Hollins has had a couple of nice games, so that might be a little bit encouraging for Renfro. But I can't help but feel like with Renfro's pattern of usage as like that short, you know, depth of target underneath guy, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's – we were fading him for for redraft. I think as a group, the three of us, because of Adams. But I think um, I think it was totally the right call to fade Renfro, just because yeah, sure. Waller's not going to be a top two or three tight end, but he's still like a guy you start every week. Probably will finish top four or five at the position, have some big weeks. But mm-hmm. Adams is going to see that target share, man. It's going to be up around twenty five to thirty percent, probably all season mm-hmm. long. The team throws the ball a lot. Um, he's going to have a great year for sure. So do you guys think that, think that like, I mean, you know, we're four weeks in now, like we said at the, at like the top of the show that we can start to, you know, solidify what we've seen so far. Like think that Russell Wilson is going to pick it up. Do you think yes, he's washed? Man. Like what's I know, going he, on? Put, he put 26 up as he's far turning as it around. he's concerned. I'm, I'm very confident he's turning it around here in Denver. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, given sometimes you just have to give the guy a little time on a new team. You know, he's played on one team for like 12 years or whatever, going to a new offense with the first year head coach. Just give him a couple weeks to get his footing. And so he's been in this game though, like 237 and two. Like that's not one on the ground. Super impressive. Yeah, one on the ground. Yeah, snuck one in or something. So he finally got, he finally at least got three touchdowns. But yeah, no, it hasn't been good, but it's been, it's been straight up awful. It's it was an improvement really, really bad through four weeks. in the past. Yeah, like this was his best game so far for sure. Like without that rushing touchdown, though, it's pretty bleak. But I do tend to agree that given what he's done over like the course of his career, and we've and we've also seen this from him a lot. 
where like he'll just have a lot like of stretches yeah he'll just yeah he'll just have like i mean for like year after year it was a meme that like he was like a one half player mm-hmm. either either like you're gonna get the first half or you're gonna get the back half where he's where he's gonna crush one of those one of those halves i guess it's a back half i guess yeah, we're this year's a back half year <laughs> this year's old back half russ <laughs> back half russ <laughs> yeah, we've seen the first half russ too yeah the more uh, but Sutton Sutton's definitely looking great. Yeah. Uh, Judy got in for another touchdown. I feel like Sutton's de- like a high end WR two, and Judy's just like a low end WR two, and that's probably just. I think. Oh I think man, Sutton's, uh, wide Sutton's a wide receiver one. Yeah, like, he's wide receiver eleven yeah. so far. Yeah, so like Sutton's got very very good usage on an offense yeah. that, that's been underperforming. So like if we if we do start to see Russ pick it up. And Sutton maintains this usage, like he's, he's gonna, gonna explode. He's, gonna, he's yeah. gonna go through the moon. I think Sutton is gonna have a phenomenal season. So this is the one take that we were all onto that I think we just probably crushed out of the park. I think he's gonna have a great season. Be a what do you guys think? Dynasty? Sutton, rest Still of Judy. season. Sorry. Re- Sorry. Rest of season. Sutton or Amon Ra? Ah. Oh. Amon Ra. Amon Ra. I mean, Amon Ra is that offense is already crazy. Amon Ra gets thirty percent targets. Yeah, yeah. Ra. Yeah. But sell Judy and Dynasty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sell Judy and Dynasty. I think that I think that there's still some uh, like perception that he can be uh, like this elite player. Like there's still like some uh, like mystique around his name. I think I don't think it's ever going to happen at this point. Like we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. The offense is here. Russ is here. Whatever. Uh, he's getting absolutely alphaed by Cortland Sutton. I don't think he's ever going to be the guy. So. I think the question we talked about all offseason is very clear now that Sutton is the alpha here. He's the number yeah, yeah. one. Judy is a clear number two. You know, not so far off. Judy's getting his as well. He's getting it's enough targets. 17% target share. It's yeah, he'll be like a top 30 wide good. receiver at, I think, rest of the season. But I don't know. He's not going to have the ceiling there at all. Yeah. Uh, let's go on to what was this? The okay, the Sunday night game was KC Tampa Bay. Kansas City just took it to Tampa Bay. Uh, they got Godwin back, they got Julio back, but they got Donovan Smith back, but they're still struggling. It was kind of rough uh, for Tampa Bay in this one. I'm pulling up the stats right now. Mike Evans, uh, Evans went off. Yeah, yeah. Evans had a monster. Yeah, Evans game. did Evans things, had cut the two touchdowns. Leonard Fournette, three carries for minus three yards, but he got seven targets and bailed his day out with all the pass catching. But the big thing for me here was Rashad White because this was a game they were behind in, and Rashad White got a much bigger workload than he had. It was like a 60-40 split, and he got five targets. He got in the end zone as well. So, you know, it's not someone you start, but he is such a good stash in redraft leagues and dynasty leagues as well. Yeah, this guy – yeah, like this guy to me uh, was could probably my waiver priority one this, this week. week. Yes, me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, given, yeah, like given the upset. Yeah, like over any of these guys that, that we've talked about, Tyler Algier, any of any of the wideouts. Um, given the upside that we know that he has, if Fournette goes down, and then now we've seen that he does have a role when they're uh, like when they're trailing, and then maybe. He's just earning like a role in any case, right? Like, I mean, like they see that he gets on the field and he's he's an effective pass catcher. He looked explosive. I think that going forward, he could just have this role. He's a very good pass catcher, and he has a lot more explosiveness than Leonard Fournette. Clearly, yeah. Yeah. And we were all like, we were all super high on him as a uh, prospect. So, like, when so if I'm like high on a guy, and then I see something that uh, confirms that, 
you know, obviously I'm going to be excited about him. No, it's good news. We've been like the Rashad White show. <laughs> you guys found us like we've been talking him up for like That's nine the subtitle. Yeah. <laughs> the Rashad White podcast. Yeah. Um, then with Kansas City, uh, we talked about it a lot off the show, off the air. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, another big game for him. The Clydesdale. With the touchdown, gets <laughs> in the end zone twice. Like, we've been saying it for a while now, like, sell Clyde off these games, but it continues to happen for him. I uh, changed my mind. You're holding him? You're going to keep him? I'm keeping him. I'm selling him still. <laughs> I'm selling I'm, him, man. I'm sorry. No, because you're not going to – you're not going to – you know what? Here's the thing. I don't think you're going to get – I don't <laughs> he think holds you're going to get value hands. for him. I don't think you're going to get value Dude, for him. So he's RB4 on the year, and I just think there is no chance in hell he finishes as a top five running back. So he's not no, going to. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Um, no. Who are you I mean, trading him for? Dude. I was still trading him for Kamara. So you're assuming that, like. No, Kamara? Dalvin Cook? Yeah. Yeah, for Dalvin, absolutely. Dalvin Cook, I would. Yeah. So if the assumption is that, like, you're playing in a league with a bunch of sharp players, no, that like, you're not going to be able to sell them. But I think that most people don't play in redraft leagues with sharp players. Most people, at least half of the people that, that, that they're playing with are just doing it for fun. They're not looking at all this stuff, which is fine, but they're going to see that Clyde Edwards Hilaire is the RB four on the year. And that's about as far as they're going to take it. I think. So I think that you can get a decent haul for him. Yeah. Like you can yeah. Be, you know, like, right. Like you can target like a Dalvin cook who even, I mean, maybe even like a Joe mix. Like if I could, if I can get like a Joe yeah. Mixon for the year, Put a little something like, like that's literally on top. Yeah. Right. Like you could not get farther apart in terms of usage than, the, than those two guys. Dude, look at the Jonathan Taylor owner. See if they're struggling right now, and he's going to miss this week. Sell Clyde plus a little something. Try to do pull that's, up. That's actually like, exactly what I was thinking about because there's a decent chance that the Jonathan Taylor owner is like one and three right now. Probably. Would you sell? Would you sell Ceh for Mixon? Absolutely. Uh, for Mixon, yeah, because Mixon's yeah. He- because I, I because Mixon's healthy and yeah. No, yeah, for mixing a touches a game, but he's also on an elite offense or or a very good offense, right? Also, want to mention Godwin came back and he played 83% of the snaps and he got 10 targets in this one. So, um, did he get injured again? He -hmm. is tending to an injury, he was limited today at practice, but maybe aggravated something a knee injury. Was it a lower body? Oh, god, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's probably going to continue to have these pop up rest of season if I could get him super low which you may be able to do, I would still buy him because I think he's going to be, I think he's going to see crazy targets when he's out there just by the nature of what this team is doing right now. Yeah. Uh, and then on the other side, uh, Kelsey, big game, the wide receivers for Kansas city continue to be awful. You really don't want to start any of them. Sky Moore for the first time all year had, had uh, some involvement in the passing game. Yeah, some. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's something. It's something to pay attention to uh, for dynasty. Um, you know, he got there. He had four targets, ran eleven routes. That's 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 a heck of a lot more than he's uh, well, been doing so far. They're up big. It came a little bit later, I think. But yeah, Pacheco also became the number two here over Jarek McKinnon, which I think is something because he looks he looks explosive when he's out there. Um, his role could continue to grow over the season. I think he's a decent stash as well. Yeah, the guy runs like he's trying to save runs. his life or somebody else's life. <laughs> like that's always like, what you saw on the tape with him. That's he runs so hard. Crazy. 
and he's got he's got some wiggle and he's got some speed as well. We'll see. But he's someone to keep an eye on, I think. And then a Monday night game, San Francisco beats uh the Rams. Rams yeah. at home. Yeah. Debo is incredible. Just what a beautiful play. Like that catch and run was just like it took my breath away. It was it was so it was so incredible. Just the way there's literally from, go ahead. I was just gonna say the way that he went from jumping up high to moss somebody to down low to breaking through a tackle to juking somebody to breaking through another like he showed all aspects of wide receivers that you want to see in one play. Yeah, there's literally one guy. There's, I mean, he is, he is, he is the one guy in the NFL that can do that. That such like, a unicorn. There's nobody else that can make that play. Maybe like Chase, but that's but, what I was thinking. Like Chase, or maybe Tyreek. Probably like not. those are like, like the three guys that I think Tyreek, even yeah, could try to Tyreek do has done that too. But, but man, like Debo is just like, and he continues to be like just like all the analytics all of like the efficiency stuff like they just they just like don't apply to him like he he can just he can just make things happen uh at a rate after the catch that no other receiver can do it's, he's such an outlier it's insane um yeah jeff wilson has been pretty solid here you know they have everyone's injured at running back they're like signing tevin coleman to the team this this week so uh yeah jeff wilson continues to be someone as an rb2 you play him. He doesn't have a super high ceiling, but he's getting enough work there. Debo. If I was one of the people, if I was one of those people who spent fab that week that uh, that Mitchell went down, um, I mean, everything has played out beautifully for those people because Lance going down. As much as we don't want to take, you know, take the good out of people getting hurt, Lance going down was big for him. He's staying healthy, and it's so clear that he's like the one out there. So. Right. He he's probably a he's probably a pretty solid RB two until Mitchell comes back. Oh yeah, he's definitely at least like a top twenty guy probably. Um, and then can I just can I just uh, can I just give this take here because I just I thought this was yeah, funny. So as far as for the Rams offense, the last team we're going to talk about, it reminded me. I, I actually thought this in real time. It reminded me if you or me or Cameron or anybody who plays fantasy football was like calling the plays for the game. And, and we they owned, rostered and we owned, and we owned Cooper, Cooper Cup yeah. and Tyler and Tyler Higby, and those were our players. If Another you, screen. If you were doing screen. fan controlled football and you were in a PPR league with Cup and Higby, that's exactly what the offense would have looked like. It was just easy, quick passes. I don't care if they get yards; just give me the reception as fast as possible. It was bizarre and disgusting to watch, quite frankly. Yeah. Cup is on pace to to do better than he did last year. He's on pace to absolutely shatter the receptions record. Like he's on pace for like 180 catches, something something insane. So like his yards per catch is super low. Fantasy points per game. His yards per catch is under 10 right now, where last year was like 13 and a half. So that I don't know if like Matthew Stafford's elbow is totally shot or what, but they just can't throw the ball deep. And Allen Robinson is dead. What is what is his depth of target for for Stafford? Do you do you guys have so on the year? Like so I was looking at it and uh, like on the year, it's actually not as bad as you would think. But like I don't even care because like I saw what they did last night. And, I like, saw it with my eyes. <laughs> and like the guy, like he must just have had like like here and there some totally inaccurate like bomb attempts to two two Atwell or something that like brought the average up because like the guy the guy 
the guy cannot throw deep. Like they're not, they're not offering anything on the running, uh, on like running. I mean, like the running game stinks. Like, I mean, like they can't get a rush longer than five yards. They can't get a pass longer than 10 yards. It's a horrible offense to watch. Jesus. Yeah. Unless, unless, like you said, like you're like a Cooper Cup owner, and then like you're just like not you're Dude, doing like the 20, Nicholson what do you have, 19, all game long. Nineteen targets, twenty 19 targets? targets, nineteen targets. Like something out of like something out of a Madden video game. It was just absolutely, <laughs> it was absolutely crazy. So, um, you know, I, I'm willing to say this probably week four, and I, I don't think I'm going to change my mind. Cooper Cup next year is the 101, and there's not even going to be a conversation about it. He is I, so head and shoulders more valuable than the next player. I've never seen a team in all my years watching football for like 20 years. I've never seen a team that was as in love with one single player that commits on the to roster. one guy. The only so like don't even only, look towards the only guy else. that I can think of that's like similar that I've like that I've ever seen is whenever uh, Jay Cutler and Brandon Marshall were on the same team in uh, Denver. Where he would just where he would just get him like yeah. twenty targets a game. Some of those Adams Rogers games, but even that I don't think comes to this level. But go look at the target totals. I bet Marshall was like significantly less than Cooper Cup right now. Uh, Brandon <laughs> Marshall, Brandon Marshall was getting crazy. Okay, he had the Calvin Johnson. He had the Calvin Johnson year. He had one hundred ninety-two one year. So that Cup did that last 194 year. One hundred ninety-four another another year. They're basically the same. Yeah, it's about the same. Then you're right. <laughs> but this year it's on pace like he's gonna see 200 targets this year oh yeah this year's they're gonna be wild e- they're less efficient but it doesn't matter ppr he's a complete stud no doubt i mean we were talking about it he was the clear 101 this year like any other pick yeah we goofed yeah if you took we Jonathan- goofed i don't care about mccaffrey i don't like i i know mccaffrey's great like i know jonathan taylor had a great year but you can't like there were people who didn't even have cup as their wide receiver one. Like people, people were sipping Jefferson. the Jefferson, the Jefferson yes. Kool-Aid. Yeah, no, that to me was crazy. Like, I think that it's, I think that it's fine. Like to like the people that had JT CMC because of the difference in the, in like the tiers or whatever. But uh, yeah, I think that the people that had, that had Jefferson over cup at wide receiver one. Uh, See, yeah. Like that was always a little wild. That didn't make any sense just because of what they compare the two from last year i just jefferson doesn't quite have that ceiling but we love jefferson too but over like derrick henry austin eckler those type of guys but i was never listened to the arguments that people so so like the argument was if you were going to have jefferson over over cup was that kevin o'connell was in town and he was going to scheme yeah yeah, and then he was going to scheme jefferson well well, yeah but he was going to scheme jefferson to be like Cooper Cup, but Cooper Cup is already like Cooper Cup. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> so, no, it's the it's the a boat's a boat, but a mystery box could be yeah. anything. It could even be a boat. And Jefferson's great, but like, so if that's your argument, why don't you want the guy that's already like that? I, I just I just yeah. didn't get it. Yo, you're yeah. totally right, but I will say week two and three they kind of went away with that. But this past week they were using Justin Jefferson a lot more like Cooper Cup. He was and going they didn't yeah they didn't week one too. I mean, yeah, but Cooper I mean, Cup like, never, even if you're right, it's just a bad it's just a bad argument. Cooper Cup never I just want to have six out, points. Yeah. What's like, that? Cooper Cup never has six points. <laughs> no, he yeah, never four. has five Dude, points. Dude, are you kidding me? Like he never has fifteen points. Even. Yeah, yeah. He's over like eighteen for like twenty five straight games now or something like. He that. really is like he really is like CMC and like. Uh, like 2019, like that's the floor that's, is just like that's really the only it's just ching 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 ching. Right, there's just nothing like him for fantasy. He's just such a, a cheat code, basically. 
But that's going to do it. Anything else to say here? Drop Allen Robinson. Drop him. I did. Oh, <laughs> <I'm all right. laughs> if I can do it, if I can do it, anyone can do it. I was like, <laughs> I was talking up Robinson late in the offseason, but I actually don't have him anywhere, luckily. Otherwise, I'd be like pulling Aren't my hair lucky? Yeah. yeah. I actually <laughs> traded him. I traded him after week two. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> wow. Well done. Well done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all that's what you ought to do i mean like he is exactly like last year the guy you drafted early that just can't be played right now yeah. <laughs> because he's not getting yeah. enough looks he's not doing anything you could debate the reasoning behind it forever it but it's been bad yeah whatever is going time on. to let it go yeah let it go make sure to like and subscribe guys uh get in the discord Get on the YouTube channel, comment on the videos, you know, talk about some of the guys that you're freaking out over about. Uh, it's been, it's so surreal to have football back. Like every Sunday is, uh, is awesome <laughs> just to get to watch football again. And now we're getting to the swing of things for the season. It's been uh, sure. a pretty up and down season so far. Yeah. And the football season team. doesn't, the football season doesn't officially start until two was injured. So like it's like Groundhog Day. Oh, okay, are so, you ready for some football? <laughs> just him banging his head off the turf. <laughs> so this is day one then. All right, this is the beginning of the football season. Then just picturing the NFL intro, the da 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 da, da but every time it's too smacking his head. All right. Where's your sensitivity, guys? Yeah, we gotta awful. edit that out. That is <laughs> awful. No, I love him. I'm a Dolphins fan. Yeah, you're allowed to say that seconds. because you love to. Uh, yeah, that's he true. held the ball for eight seconds. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, though, we'll see you guys. See you.